Hi, Natasha. How are you? Thanks for being here today. My pleasure. It's great to see you. So everyone listening and watching, this is Natasha Berta from, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. How about that? Okay. Um, my business is just called Natasha Berta. I've had a few incan incantations. Incarnations? Names. <laughs> Different names. And I'm just going with my name now just to keep it simple. Mm. I'm a marketing consultant and coach, I reckon. And mm, that'll do for now. Yeah, you are. You have an amazing business and you help people particularly with uh, their online marketing presence and messaging and, and all of that sort of stuff, getting their Facebook ads and their Instagram. Like you do actually a lot of different things, don't you? Yes, because I think the main thing I love is um, making it all work together. Like I'm not really into just nailing one thing because I like the way that one thing leads to another and making sure that there's a really tight and good system where you're making really strategic prompts and offers at different points so that you're not just chucking it out there and then hoping that something will happen so that you have a clear plan. Yeah, right. So it's all about process and then also knowing which step follows, which step follows, which step. So you do things in the right order. Yeah. And I used to love those pick a path books. And sometimes I feel like it's like that. I'm like the authoring a pick a path book. <laughs> That's great. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. I just have a few questions for mm. the people who are listening, who are coaches and who really want to nail their marketing. And I know that that's pretty hard because as you said, there is a bit of a pick a path approach. Mm. Everyone's going to have a slightly different approach to marketing and going to be going to different places to do their marketing. But yeah. um, if, if there was just a few questions for you today, I suppose. If there was yeah. one marketing myth that you'd love to bust for health and wellness coaches, what would that be? Yeah, I love this question. Um, I think the big myth is that you're just going to create a thing and then it's all just going to happen. Like that it's all, um, it's just so simple. You just make an online course and then um, it's, you might, you're going to make a million dollars in your first year. I really hate that myth <laughs> and that, um, because... It's a, it's a lot of work and ultimately mm. marketing is still just about relationships. It's really, really about relationships. And, you you know, a lot of my clients come to me and they want to do online marketing because they have had a face-to-face -face business and they think that online marketing is going to help them get out of having to go to networking events mm. and it's going to help them not have to um, manage relationships. And so as soon as I sniff that out I usually let someone know that that's probably that's probably not going to happen and then I'm certainly probably not going to be able to help them with that right. and I think that became clear to me after working with a few people who um it just became clear pretty quickly that they thought that's what was going to happen we were going to make this course and then I was just going to do something and then the money was going to start rolling in and they weren't going to have to show up get dressed um do anything and then the money was just going to start showering down on them I'm a bit sad, actually, because Easter's coming up and it's like you're saying there is no Easter bunny. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I think some <laughs> people have achieved success and maybe they have made a million dollars in a year with an online course. But I think there's a lot of work that went on before that and maybe they had a brand, mm. an established brand already. And if you're coming in completely new, that's not very likely. Like I think if you made 20 grand in your first year, you'd be having an epic party and that's a more right. realistic goal for a first year especially with a brand new brand and then you know within a few years you can definitely scale yourself up but 
Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not like you're just going to click over from, you know, old school marketing to online marketing, make a course and make a million dollars. Right. So that whole saying of make money while you sleep can happen, oh, yeah. but yeah. not without work. And you do need to have relationships. It's just that the relationships are online totally. instead of face-to-face. Totally. And, you know, so if you the most successful way to run online marketing really is to treat it just like face-to-face networking and webinars are just you going to a networking event or you holding a workshop and rather than going and renting a venue and um, marketing event, you go to market webinar and you're going to show up and essentially you want to meet people. Like you're not just going to shove your product on them and they're just going to lap it up and throw all their money at you. You still have to get to know people and, um, be, be friends like you said in p2p like yeah it's essentially like making friends and making relationships and developing and nurturing relationships mm. yeah so you do have to still show up it's just in a different way absolutely yeah. you still have to show up i think there'll be some people who are a bit sad about that but mm. on the other hand it's a great opportunity to grow it's a great opportunity for personal development and to learn to become confident and articulate yeah. and a good speaker and all of those other things totally and you know every single person who's listening to this has been alive for probably 30 or 40 years and in that time you amass so much personal experience and your own self is so distinct from every other self that if people need to come and learn from you you just you just need to let that shine through and believe in what you have to offer. Mm. I love the way you say that. It's such an important point that mm. the years of experience that, and, and I think that touches on something I was doing a Facebook live today about oh, yeah. um, one of the barriers that people have to change is, or to achieving their goals is a lack of confidence. And yeah, they forget that they'd have that life of experience behind them. And, and, when you're talking about relationships, it's much easier to feel confident about putting yourself out there when you acknowledge all of the awesome things that you've been able to do so far in your life. Totally. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess the next question I wanted to ask was, and it's kind of a drilling down from that first question is what's the most common mistake that health and wellness coaches make when it comes to marketing on social media? Cause I know this is particularly your forte. Oh yeah. Well, I've got my little notes here (laughs) and I wrote, you've got a list. (laughs) Shiny. Everyone tries to be so shiny and it really icks me. And I don't know if that's just me personally, because I, because I can see through that or it doesn't um, attract me. But more than too shiny, I think I just mean like when people are using loads of generic stock images in their marketing, mm. it, yeah, it's a big mistake because the key with any kind of business marketing is to differentiate and a big brand like Coke tries to become a person so that humans can relate to the brand So they have faces, they use people and faces and so many entrepreneurs make that mistake. They try to be a brand and be really shiny and be really professional, emulating a large brand, not realizing that all the large brands are trying to be people. So I think you just need to really try to tap into you, who you are. And like I just said, like all the ways that you are different from every other person are your key asset. So really just being divisive and just really being yourself and not being afraid to um, upset some people is so important. I mean, not, I'm not saying go out and upset people, but I mean, um, 
kind of stand for something, right? Yeah, just be shamelessly yourself and don't worry if your your list shrinks a bit because you said something that was really real for you or, yeah, anything like that. Like the best thing you can do is choose something that is fully you and just pursue that. And the more you show up as yourself, the more you will encounter the kinds of clients that you really want to work with and um, your business will grow in a way that feels so much more fulfilling and sustainable. It's like the friendship analogy, I suppose. If you were out trying to meet people, you wouldn't be pretending to be a brand, right? No. <laughs> you wouldn't be showing up at a networking event saying, hi, I'm ABC Coaching. Yeah, and you wouldn't hold a business card in front of your face. Yeah, You wouldn't have like a placard like this and like go into the meeting like this with your logo <laughs> on it. You wouldn't hide behind your brand. You would really be yourself and your brand is really just meant to be um, a visual, colourful, fonty type expression of who you really are mm. um, rather than, yeah, I just see so many people hiding behind their branding and hiding behind stock images and wanting their marketing to be so perfect. And I really think it's better just to show up with something you knocked up with in, in Canva, even if it's not perfect, and just get to work of being yourself and sharing all the stuff that you know rather than getting really caught up in having really expensive branding, fancy photos, the perfect website and not actually even telling anyone that you have an offer or that you have something to sell and never actually asking anyone to buy (laughs) your thing. So Mm. that would be another mistake, I guess, not actually putting any offers out. Totally. I mean, another huge mistake is, you know, because they say there's the 80-20 rule, like 80% should be giving value and 20% should be asking for the offer. And so many people just never promote their product i like look through their social media i'm like okay but where's your offer it's like been four five months six months a year and they haven't made an yeah. offer i'm like what the hell are you doing i've done that I'm, i've been I know. guilty of that myself <laughs> yeah, me too. i mean and the beautiful irony of it all is like theoretically you can know it but then there's something that happens when you step into your own business and you try to develop yourself and grow is that all the self-sabotage that kicks in and you know, suddenly all the things that I know I should be doing, like, oh, I haven't made an offer on my Facebook page for six months. So I just forget. And I I think, you know, it's so funny because I've just literally done this Facebook live on the three problems that people come to me with. And that one of them is a lack of structure. And I was talking about the need to make a plan. And for me, I just forget to make offers. So what I would then need to do is say, every Friday, I'm going to do an offer. Or totally. whatever and and it's scheduled then so then you go oh that's right I've got to do this thing you know I think yeah. we forget that sometimes it's really easy just to put a plan together and say these are the things I'm going to do on most days and this is the thing I'm going to do on that day yeah and I'd go further and I would say one day a week should absolutely be for your freebie and one day a week should absolutely be for your offer for your paid product even if no one's buying it yet it doesn't matter it's just that part of your messaging helps people to understand more about you and there's no point pretending that you're not asking for money like at some stage you're going to ask them for money so may as well get used to making the offer and i think that you know i've written here as well (laughs) i think part of the issue that happens with women when they start to want to become visible and this is might sound kooky and i don't even care is that there's so many thousands of years of women being really oppressed and really only in the last not even hundred years have women even been seen as equal um, as a human in the yeah. eyes of men. And so often what happens for women is as soon as you start to 
want to show up and be visible visually that there's the tendency to want to hide and um, I just think it's really to do with women's oppression and that that has helped me because I'm like raving feminist it's helped me to really and I like to rebel against things and like um, fight off oppression so that's helped me to step forward more and go, it's not just about me and my business. It's actually about me crushing something that's held women back for a really long time. So if you're feeling like it's too hard to be my real self, I I need to hide behind this shiny thing and I don't want to alienate anybody. And I want to just be nice to everybody and everything be really nice that maybe you're hiding behind, like not hiding behind, but you know, you're still getting held down by those thousands of years of female oppression. And if you wanted to, you could like go for kinesiology or some kind of tripped out ancestral healing or something and try and cleanse that or just step up, like just be brave and understand like the factors that are holding you back. It might not be that, but I have a hunch a lot of the time that that's a part of it. It's, it's a good reason that it's been safe. Like literally you would have got, especially if you're witchy, if you're a bit of a like nutty witch, there's probably you would have got burned or, you know, you would have just flat out got killed for stepping up and being visible as a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's only some countries today that actually recognise women as equals. Many don't. Exactly. There are many religions and countries that, yeah, anyway, let's not even go down that path. But I, I love all of the things that you said. and I've never really made that link myself with mm. you know, oppression and, I, and it makes so much sense. But the thing I really loved about what you just said was the Coca-Cola analogy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you think of Coca-Cola and it's 20-year-old men and women in their bathers right that's it they got really lean bodies because they've been drinking no coke sugar-free coke it's their first introduction (laughs) to coke perhaps and here we are trying to be coke with a placard and it's the stock images i had been trying to think about how to describe that as the the issue when we're marketing Mm -hmm. when we're a small Mm -hmm. business and you just Mm -hmm. nailed it it's it's so true this generic image um you're vanilla like you don't stand totally. for anything. Totally. It's just this faceless thing. People can recognise a stock image a mile away. Totally. But it's off-putting. I think about a website I saw last week with full of stock images and I just kind of went, oh, it's got no personality. Yeah, it's hard to connect to. And I'm not against stock images, but I usually use them um, like to describe an emotional state rather than using them to depict me or my client too much rather than using people too much, unless it's someone's in pain and there's a stock image of someone going like this, like that kind of makes some sense because it's very easy to connect to. Mm. But generally, you know, if if you want your clients to feel calm, then you might just use a calm sea or a peaceful day or, you know, if you want them to feel excited or live, you you might use pictures, but more to convey the feeling of what you want your clients to experience rather than hiding behind it and pretending like that's you or. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or we using the words we on the website as well. We do this, we do that. Um, Yeah. That's a tricky call because sometimes people are working on a legacy brand and they know that their goal is to build a business that they would eventually sell or, scale and sort of eliminate themselves from the process but I think most coaches would just like to at least replace their previous working income and to be able to work as a coach 
to generate income and build a business for that purpose, in which case it really is at this point, probably just you, you probably don't have a team. And why pretend you have a team if you don't? Like it's fine just to be a coach who runs their own business. There's no shame in that. I guess what you're saying is that like the overarching message for that, um, the common mistakes all kind of boil down to the one thing and that is to be yourself and to totally. be proud of it mm. and just go with it, put it out there. Yeah. Some people aren't going to like you and that's okay, mm. but many will. I mean, if you're yourself, you're going to attract the right kind of person. Yeah. Okay. And you'll be able to harness that other thing we talked about, like about all your life experience because that totally influences how you show up and what you niche now and everything you do and it's beautiful and it's valuable awesome and so what's the simplest way for a coach to get started with online marketing particularly what would be if you were talking to anybody who booked you for an inquiry call and they're going how do i get started what Mm. would be the first three steps that they'd need to take yeah i reckon you need to have your offer sorted out so you do need that course or that program um but you just need to know what like have that at the front of your mind because you need to ask, (laughs) you need to sell that. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. And then um, secondly, I would say you have to build your audience. And so that can be anything like that can be social media. That can be a podcast. That can be a blog that can be going to -to face-to-face networking events in your local or regional area, but you just need to start to build those relationships and um, let people know what you're talking about. So there's so many ways you can do that. Even running Facebook ads can be a part of building your audience. You might run ads to a blog post or something, but if you're at the very beginning, it's still worth investing money into that and investing your energy. It's super important. And calls to action. So like refining how you tie the value that you give into the people taking the next action. Mm -hmm. Cause like I said before, like I love the way, the marketing needs to sort of lead to the next step. And I think it's a big mistake to have a blog post, like to show up with your offer in mind, write this killer blog post that's all about the people's problem. And then people get to the end of the blog post and there's no call to action. Like there just needs to always be the next step because people either want to, and you haven't mentioned it and you're not letting them or you're just kind of not telling them and then they'll just go off to the next thing because of the nature of the internet. So quick and everyone's so fast moving now with yeah. you know smartphones and everything in our lifestyle so you've just got that one second to sort of offer them something and you need to take that opportunity mm. call to action at the end so that's having the offer building yeah. a list and having a really clear call to action that links the value with what you do with the offer that you have yeah yeah and i think that developing your offer is very malleable as well. Like it might be one product, but it might have lots of different ways that you come around to it as like setting it up as the solution to the problem or as the way for people to get to their goal. There's lots of ways you can talk about it. Yeah, totally. And learning um, how to word that is all part of your marketing is Mm. the messaging around it and how you explain it. And, And one thing I'd love to share is the thing I've learned lately, the difference between features and benefits and really talking more to the benefits than the features because the features are like, I'll do a one hour Zoom call with you. It'll last, 
you know, 60 minutes and I'll send you notes afterwards and um, we'll talk about your strategy and I'll make sure you walk away with a plan for the next three months. That's what they really get. But they also get all the benefits and the benefits are, you know, feeling clear about your marketing and knowing what to do each day and, um, you know, feeling heaps of clarity about your clients and what they need. And so the benefits are, the, the situation results. that the client's in and yeah. and what they're hoping to achieve and how you facilitate that, how they'll feel, like it's so much about feelings. So learning how to word all that is such a valuable thing as a business person. And I think that's an important point that you make because I see a lot of coaches talking about 60 minutes and we'll work on a vision and you'll set goals and I'm going, nobody wants that. You're Googling <laughs> my toe hurts or whatever you know they're they're saying how do i get rid of diarrhea or whatever Mm. it is they're talking about their symptoms and their problem and or how do i get to reach a personal best for a marathon time Mm. that's the Mm. stuff they're talking about they're not saying um how many sessions do i get with a coach or who can help me set some goals or they're generally not doing (laughs) that sort of thing (laughs) They're just thinking about the price. And you kind of don't even need to tell them how you'll get them there. You know, like you almost don't need, because it sort of spoils the fun. They don't need to know which tools you're going to use so much as what you're going to help them achieve and what the transformation is. Like the before, the during and the after is so much more important to people. And people make decisions so emotionally based. It's, I have such a great example of that is um, a, a lady I helped to write an elevator pitch for her oh, business yeah. around weight loss. And she crafted at a really great elevator pitch. Like she did such a great job. And she said, oh, I used my elevator pitch last week. Hmm. I said, oh, how did you go? And she said, as soon as I said it, the girl said, sign me up. I want your program. <laughs> and she said, oh, I'll tell you how it works and what we do. And she started to talk and the girl said, I don't care how you do it. I just want that result. That's right. And I thought, isn't that a, isn't that a classic example of how hmm. people want to know about the benefits and they don't need to know your process? It's like, don't tell me. I just want totally. that result. If you can get me that, totally. that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it's really tricky to like, just when you were saying that, I was thinking about market research because that's how you will get the language for your messaging is you'll go and do some market research and people will tell you where they're at now and what their problem is and how they want it solved. Like what it would look like if their problem was solved. And it's so important to capture their exact words mm, and not let it go through your filter mm, because you're always thinking about, oh, I'm going to use this diagnostic tool and this is my program and this is what we're going to work with. And that's what you're caught up in. But those people are in a completely different state and they don't really that, like that example. They're not really that bothered. They're more caught up in where they're at and they're not, they don't have a clue about what you're on about. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So, have you got any tips, um, things that have worked really well for your clients or is there a case study of someone you could talk about? Like what, what do you know that works well as a success? Can you give us any hints? Yeah. I have one woman who every example I wrote down of the few things that have worked lately was about her. So I could probably talk about her. She's, um, she's in the elevator and she came to me to work on Facebook ads And she wanted to do that because she did a workshop with me and she could see that it was like trying to run ads was this huge thing that she wouldn't be able to figure out on her own, even if she followed the course. 
Um, but what became apparent was that there was more going on than just the ads. And there's a video you prompted me to make called the iceberg of Facebook ads that really you can have all the ad part working, but it's all the other stuff, all the pick a path book stuff that makes a big difference as well. And a couple of things that she was doing before she even came to me that I can just see everyone we've suggested that to in the program has also done so well on that is doing daily Facebook lives. Um, and I know that people probably going to have a little vomit in their mouth just thinking about that, but <laughs> I would just remind you about the women's oppression thing and to try to find someone to support you to learn how to make videos because video is so super powerful. Um, that is the kind of thing where not make money in the night, but do your marketing while you're at the beach. Like once you have a few videos up, people can just binge watch and get to know you. They can run themselves through your marketing process yeah. and you could be on the beach surfing or, you know, like with your kids or whatever it is that you'd rather be doing than marketing. That's where video really is such a good leverage for that. Um, so many people have come become my client and said, Oh, I feel like I already know you because I've been watching your YouTube videos. So, and yeah. that's another way, like, try to be authentic there. Like I, I just make mistakes sometimes and I don't, I do one take wonders, which not everybody's up for, but I just feel like if I say something a bit goofy, it doesn't really bother me. And I've been sneezing heaps lately on my videos. I'm like, well, we're all just getting to know each other really well while you just blow <laughs> my honker. Like I wouldn't be, and I've had 95,000 YouTube views now. And I think wow. there's something in that. Like you don't have to have perfect videos to be getting a bunch of traffic on your videos those videos are doing well because they give value to people. Like people want what they are delivering, which is one of them's like about how to make a free landing page on MailChimp. And the other one is about how to put your face in a circle in Canva. So they're not, you know, they're not even about my personality or my message. They're just me helping someone with a problem that they have. And that's not even on Facebook Live. The good thing about Facebook Lives is that um, the algorithm really favours live video. So, I mean, you've been showing up live a bunch and I've been seeing how quickly that's getting traction on your page. And the, the Facebook wants people to stay inside Facebook. Like if you try to send people to an external link like your website or um, a ticketing page or somewhere outside Facebook will give you really rubbish reach. Whereas if you're just hanging out on Facebook, keeping people inside Facebook, Facebook's going to reward you. And Facebook live is it's the best ranking thing to on the algorithm as of April, 2019. So obviously that changes a lot, but it's been the best ranking thing for quite a while. Right. And I would just suggest try to do it. And if you can't do every day, because that's pretty hard going, I would suggest doing five-day blasts. We've been calling them blasts, but it's, and some people call it a challenge. So it just depends what works for you. But just think of one of your topics and try to do a Facebook Live each day for five days in a row about that one particular theme. So you might do it about, um, you think seasonally, like, staying fit in during winter as as autumn sets in or you know five autumn tips so you can think seasonal mm. or you can just go with what your pillars your content pillars are so you might have three main things that you talk about all the time just choose one of them and break it down and talk about that for five days and give five tips and remember the call to action. <laughs> so this is what your case study client that you're talking about today has been doing. She's been showing up for Facebook Lives and good calls to action and 
she's an absolute ninja. Like she's just completely fearless about them because she's done them heaps. Mm. And I think she did a 30 day challenge or something before she came to work with me. So when I said to her to do Facebook live, she was like, yeah, sure. Of course. How many, what day? (laughs) And so it is, and she was scared before now she just jumps on and does them. And she, and like, once you do them and you see the results, it's addictive because you see how much it benefits your page and your, your engagement. So that's one really good thing. Another fun thing we've been doing with her is um, just trying to figure out what her audience responds to because she helps people who have had cancer. So we've been playing around with her audience, like who is most engaged. And we, she tried running a challenge that asked people to join her Facebook group, but that didn't really do very well because her audience are a bit older. So they're not really Facebook group people. So I don't think anyone joined. She did this massive challenge, like put a lot of energy into running a challenge and no one joined the group. So now we've talked about it a lot because she went and saw this woman who's called the meetup queen or something. And um, this woman doesn't have kids maybe. And so she travels through the capital cities and puts on face-to-face events, I think meetups. And so my client Nick went and visited like, you know, attended her workshop and got really inspired but because Nick's had cancer she doesn't really have it in her to travel a lot she's really good at looking after her wellness now Mm. and um so a webinar is a great way to do that like if you're constrained and you can't travel and you can't do face-to-face events and people aren't in that mental switch yeah and, and treating a webinar just like a meetup, but it's an online meetup and just putting everything into the webinar. So we've been running ads to her MailChimp list, building the list and she's going to run a webinar. And so playing around with different audiences on her ads and having everything linked up. Like I created a um, webinar, I'm in the process of making a webinar masterclass because it was so fun setting up all this stuff with her. But, you know, having a landing page that was beautiful on her website that then people would sign up for because that's if you send people to an ugly sign up form from an ad, they won't sign up. And then having all the automated emails set up and having this beautiful process where she's running an ad, it's building a list of people going to come to the webinar and then she'll be able to sell the program. So having all your little bits, having your offer, having your presence, your online presence, and then just choosing something. If face-to-face events work for you, that's cool. And if you aren't up for that, then just try and get your head around the fact that it's about meeting people. It doesn't matter if you have a hundred people on your webinar or not, you're going to meet some people and make a relationship with them. And that's the really beautiful thing. And sometimes it's even easier with a small group I mean a hundred doesn't sound like a lot but if 50 of the hundred are engaged it's better than having 20 of a thousand right totally and I even think sometimes a hundred there's another group I'm part of and they're all like getting a hundred signups for their webinar I don't even think that that's important like I've had very small webinars where like three people showed up but all three of those people converted mm. in and ended up working with me and I think that was like my first webinar and halfway through my Zoom membership said, oh, I'm going to close the meeting unless you <laughs> upgrade your account. So halfway through the webinar, I had to upgrade my Zoom account because I was just me and they all got to see me being fully me. They were all like, I want to work with you right now. Wow. <laughs> so A I webinar think, glitch got you three clients. Yeah, that's it. So I don't think it's about numbers. I think it's about being yourself and quality. 
knowing your people and, and going all in on something. So the example that I just gave, I mean, I think that running a challenge and getting people in a group is a good thing to do as well. I'm not saying do or don't do that, but I think what I really learned from that process with Nick was she's so positive and she didn't let that get her down. And we really learned from that. Okay. That's probably not right for her demographic. What else can we get to work? And thinking about your people and where they're at, like, are they Instagram people? Are they Facebook people? Would they join a Facebook group? The webinar tech might just blow these guys' minds. Like it might be way too much for them. So yeah. understanding your people and and, and crafting something that works for them. Yeah, there's teleconferencing too. And, I, and this is the thing I hear a lot of coaches say, oh, I'm not on Facebook or I don't like Facebook. And I say, well, how are you going to run? What are you going to do? How are you going to run mm. marketing there? Are your clients there? Because mm. my belief is, you know, based around this marketing is friendship is coaching kind of model. Yeah. Your clients are going to be 70 to 80% like you. Yeah. So if you hate social media and you're not there, there's a good chance your clients are the same or they're not, they're just there to be in little family groups. So it's yeah. about, as you say, knowing what else is available and how to connect with people outside of Facebook or, you know, what other platforms are people using? So. Yeah. And I've had plenty of clients, like I'd say a fifth of like 20% of my clients, I've just turned around and said to them, face-to-face marketing is the go for you. Like you can use social media and online marketing as an augment, but just because of the nature of your work, like they're in a physical location and, um, you know, like they're masseuse or they do something kinesiology and they only see people in the clinic flesh, yeah. they're not selling an online product so there's kind of no point trying like have your online presence as a business card like definitely have it there because people will i always go and look up people's websites as for a more thorough information search but you don't really need to be selling through there like unless it's going to help you and you want people to book through there or something then that's helpful but otherwise go and get your face visible like a lot of women i'm like have you got kids go to play group tell all the play group chicks that what you what you there's do there's so many opportunities in the face to face environment and you get Absolutely. to know people quicker because they yeah. get to in- interact with you in a personal level and they say you're not somebody with three heads who's going to try and swindle them out of a million bucks totally. you know face to face is such a really what i would call a soft entry to market marketing because it's just the chance for you to show up and you have to be yourself in that in that environment and it gets you brandy points really quickly yeah and another woman who was podcast i was listening to um really got me excited but it doesn't really apply to me about just really going and getting involved in heaps of stuff and just having this one laser focus just like meeting heaps of people and telling them what you do and and having zero agenda to sell them she was like i've been to mlm parties and like you know all kinds of social events and every, i go to everything i possibly can i show up and i be myself and i have heaps of fun and i'm a really participatory person like if i go to a tupperware party i go and i buy stuff because <laughs> like, i could just hang out and meet people and if they ask me who i am i just tell them or if they ask me what I do, I just tell them, but I don't try and explain coaching. I don't try and sell them on my program or convince them of my ideology. I just tell them what it is. And if they ask me, then I explain, but I don't, you know, don't try and shove it onto people. Just go meet a bunch of people and let the world know. And her whole thing was as well about your self-belief that if you're saying, Oh, I'm just a new coach, then people will just treat you like that. But if you just step up and own it, like I'm a life coach, um, then go with that. Like someone I saw the other day, they're a teacher and 
I said, what I, you know, what's your title? She said, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm like, yeah, but what do you want to be telling people? Like, you don't want to be telling people that anymore. You want to be telling people I'm a coach. So don't tell them what you were or what your side hustle is. If coaching is what you want to step into, just show up and be like, I'm a life coach. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a really good point is being clear about and intentional and bringing that energy to who you are and what you do and knowing that you don't have to just jump in and start selling I mean, the analogy is dating. Like imagine if you went to a party and someone said, hi, um, I'm Melanie. Um, would you like to get married? (laughs) You go, whoa, that person's really creepy. And that's what happens when you say, when you, all you're thinking about is, is the end result of Mm. or the goal that you have to sell them into your 12 week program or whatever. It just, it's way too creepy to do that. Yeah. And my first couple of networking events, I just didn't understand. I'd leave and I'd be like, I didn't sell anything. No one even hardly talked to me about my business or anything. And then months later, I would start to see the fruits of that networking event. And so I've learned now over time, I just go show up, hang out, be myself, be awesome. I don't worry about what happens on the night. It's like an investment. And it's a little bit tedious sometimes because we generally, like we're so... Um, instant gratification now like we do something we want the results right away and I think yeah networking just has later fruits that you don't get straight away necessarily but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go all in I think one last thing I would like to say here about you know for coaches especially that a lot of what we talked about is all this fear all this worry all this concern is coming from a place of it's all about me Mm. and I think if you really want to be successful with marketing and building friendships and coaching it has to be all about them so instead of going out and meeting people thinking I need to get people into my program or I need to get clients or I need to make money if you switch that around and you say there are people here who really need my help to do Mm. x Mm. And I need to find those people so I can help them. Mm. When you make that switch in your mind, I think the energy that you bring and the confidence that you gain is so much different. And particularly when it comes to offers, I think people get caught up in this, I need to make money or they're fearful of putting offers out there in the first place because Mm. what if someone judges me or what if this, what if that? But actually, if you don't put an offer out, it's kind of you're doing the opposite of what you're in business for. You're there to help Mm. people. And Mm. so many people are afraid to ask for help. Mm. Like I run Passion to Profit, the the business program, and there are people who have bought this course from me and it's over 12 weeks and there are six webinars. And I say, if you need any help, book a 15-minute chat with me between webinars and we'll get on the phone and we'll talk you through it. Yeah. Hardly anybody takes those up. Yeah. They say, oh, I'm stuck with this. I'm going, make a time to chat. Like, call me. And they're going, oh, I should be able to do it myself is this Uh, thing. But, you know, this is how everybody is. They're afraid to ask for help. So you actually mm -hmm. have to make that offer. Totally. Knowing that your audience is terrified about their own ability to succeed, that they Mm -hmm. lack confidence in themselves. And our job is to say, when you're ready, if you're ready, I can help you. And if you're not confident, that's okay. I can help you achieve X. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. I know you can do it. That's the coaching way to bring an offer to the table and it's all about them. Yeah. And the beauty of the coaching skill set is that 
you can you can be doing market research while you're at a networking event talking to someone you can be if you've got a good mind and you can retain a bit of information and people are telling you what's going on for them and they're using their own key phrases in their language this is like you just want to have like your audio recording on the whole time somehow because people are giving you the gold when they're saying oh, i'm just exhausted and i'd rather be at the beach or whatever it is that people are saying to you it'll be different for everybody but if you spot someone and you're like i know this person's my ideal client i would just be asking them all kinds of questions and and they'll feel really heard that's the beauty of coaching yeah. and you know that will build a beautiful relationship that's the whole point kind of isn't it is to be heard mm. and as coaches we have a really amazing tool we have a well-being questionnaire and we have a vision session and when you do those two tools properly with a client in a first session or even mm. as a freebie you get to hear all of the things that they desperately want all of the things that they're terrified of mm. all of the obstacles that come up how important is it for them to change on a scale of one to ten and how confident are they that they can do that mm. we get all of that intel and it's all market research intel Mm, so exactly. I think a really great lead magnet is some kind of call where we use that model, one of those sorts of tools to mm. help us get those words that we can then use to refine our marketing. There's so much totally. good stuff in there. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I love hanging out with people and meeting people. And, and sometimes they feel that they feel guilty. Like, Oh, I took so much of your time. I'm like, Oh, not at all. I just, it's always interesting to me to hear where people are at and to connect with people. And if I just met you in the street and we were having a chat, I would ask you what you did. You would tell me what you did and I would probably give you a couple of tips because I can't help myself. So it's not, you know, it's not a big deal yeah. having free chats. Yeah. I think that other thing about that too is that market research and doing free chats gives you an opportunity to you to understand your clients better and to deliver a better service. Totally. Like the more you know about your clients, the better you can serve them. So if yeah. anyone is listening to this and is terrified of doing those market research interviews or mm. putting offers out there food for thought yeah and I think they really build your confidence as well like once you go th like I know I did some swapping coaching with a, a friend and when I just pure coached and then I watched her walk through that process walk herself through really and get so empowered and fired up and committed to herself in 20 minutes it gave me so much more confidence in coaching and then when I was feeling more confident and rate, it makes you radiant and it makes you more magnetic to people rather than yeah. getting in a little dark corner and starting to churn away. It, I think anything you can do, like if you need to go and be in nature before you do your marketing, you should do that. Like you should show up to marketing in a really good energetic state where you are your like best self and you're feeling good and that will attract people to you way more naturally. That's a really good point. Mm. I've taken up a lot of your time, Natasha, <gasps> and you've give us, given us so many helpful tips and insights. I just love what we've talked about today. If anyone wants to get help from you, where would they go? Tell us where to find you. Oh, yeah. Well, the website's a good place to go. It's just natashaberta.com and or .au or the Facebook. I've got YouTube, all kinds of places. Mm. And what would be the best step? Do you have a, a thing that people could download or do you recommend mm. booking you for a call? What's the best way well, for someone to, <laughs> to find There's a out? really good ebook. Um, do all your social media posting in two hours a week. And wow. that is the ebook, but there's also loads of extras, like lots of video um, lessons that go along with that. So if that's the point of your business that you're at where you're trying to figure out your social media content, that's a great 
process to walk yourself through and or just book a free 30 minute chat with me that's on my website and i'm happy to chat with anybody even if you it's not about working with me it's just sort of sussing it not sussing each other out but you know you seeing if you enjoy my vibe and hanging out with me yeah. And me evaluating whether or not you're in, you know, I can actually help you because I won't try to engage with someone if I actually can't help them. So mm. just me seeing where your business is at and what I could possibly do to help. And yeah. Awesome. Thank you so Thanks, much for Kelly your Jane. time today. Pleasure. <laughs> we'll see you again soon. Thank you. See ya. Bye.